3: it's Brian Kilmead. Hi, everyone.
4: Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmead Show. So glad you're here. Big hour coming your way. Kellyanne Conway is going to be here shortly. Uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher, among his many qualifications, he is also chairman of the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the U.S. and China. Bipartisan. New committee. He's also a former Marine uh, and chairman of Armed Services Subcommittee on Cyber. So, it's going to be great to talk to him. It's always great to talk to you, one A lot unfolding now. They're still examining the debris field of the blown-up balloon. We're still thinking about all the other breaking news tonight, especially what's going to be taking place, maybe not headlines, but former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Robert O'Brien, National Security Advisor, will be at the Nixon Library today doing an event. So if you're out there in San Clemente, you should show up. Let's get to the
3: big three now with the stories you need to know it's brian's big three number three
5: we had tubman turner frederick d then they say lincoln freed the slaves but
3: slaves were men and
5: And women women. and only we can free ourselves emancipation Emancipation is not freedom. freedom jim crow segregation redlining public schools feeding private prisons where we become slaves again
4: unbelievable right disney goes woke and they're weak Woke with that cartoon version of the 1619 Project and weak when it comes to China, slave labor, Tiananmen Square. The company is going up in flames.
6: Number two. What he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, and he can storytell for six hours. He needs to do that. The other piece that's super important for him to do tonight is to draw a contrast. It's not a political speech, but he needs to draw a contrast, and I expect he will, between his agenda, give him more time, I'm still working at it, guys, and the chaos people see on the other side.
4: There's no chaos on the other side. It's called debate on the other side, but that's Jen Psaki. She's good at what she does. State of the Union address. What do uh, what do you want to hear? Is anyone really listening at this point as Joe gets set for a second term? I can't believe the polls that say nobody wants it. Question: If he does run, and I think he will, will it be with Kamala and/or are the, are the Dems stuck with that ticket?
1: Number one, you've known about the balloon program for some time. Has it always been your view to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon, or was it only because it became public?
7: Oh, no. It was always my position.
4: Really? It was always your position? Man, there's so many questions still. Balloon stories blowing up in the administration's face. The explanations for allowing it to transverse the U.S. sound dumber every day. And their quest to bring Trump down isn't gaining traction. We wait and watch to see what China will do next and what we can fish from the ocean to find out exactly what was flying over our country. And by the way, if you think we're out of the woods, we're not. There's another China balloon coming from Central America. Hmm. That should be nice. Kellyanne Conway joins us now, former senior counsel to President Trump, author of the book, Here's the Deal. Fox News contributor Kellyanne, welcome back.
8: Hey, Brian, how are you? Big day.
4: It is a big day. State of the Union tonight, but it's really more about re-election. And then you got Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the youngest governor in the country. The 40 year old will give a speech to answer. And for those people who think it's a career ender, think about Tim Scott, right, Kellyanne? When Tim Scott gives his rebuttal, people start thinking he's a presidential candidate and he might just be.
8: Well, certainly. And Senator Scott and our newly minted Governor Sanders are excellent leaders and spokespeople for the Republican message of freedom. I think it could be a career ender for Joe Biden. because. It's very simple. When anybody wants to convey a message, you as a messenger must have credibility yep. and legitimacy. And this guy doesn't have any. Look at everybody's polling. I think the mainstream media polls and these academic polls are most devastating for Joe Biden. 58% in the Monmouth poll say, quote, the State of the Union is not strong. So you have a president facing those kinds of headwinds when he takes to the podium. It's going to look and feel differently tonight, too. No Nancy Pelosi. Over Joe Biden's uh, left shoulder to tear up the speech, and with it, the Tuskegee Airmen and the Holocaust survivors and the cancer patients that Nancy Pelosi was tearing up uh, by way of Donald Trump's speech a few years ago. And on the other side, you have an even less popular Kamala Harris. Uh, if you look at all the polling, the Washington Post-ABC New poll, News poll over the weekend, saying 62% said Biden has, quote, not accomplished very much, even though he 's going to brag about job creation, sixty percent don 't think Biden quote created more jobs in their community. they don 't think he has improved quote roads and bridges in their community, so he 's going to face a public that is already skeptical is not resentful of his presidency it 's a tough sell yeah
4: sixty seven percent are uncomfortable with him running again of the yeah. country thirty two percent enthusiastic. Right now, 26% of the country, according to a Fox News poll, is satisfied the way things are going. So, if you see these numbers, so the president could say, "Hey, listen, I had a great job numbers. Friday, unemployment's at three point. I'm just putting you in the White House now." So, Kellyanne, he sits there and goes, "I added 517,000 jobs. I have unemployment at 3.4%. The recession that everyone thought was coming uh, is not coming. I'm able to point to different infrastructure projects going to Wisconsin the, uh, over the next few uh, over the next few weeks." So after a midterm that was not bad at all for the Democrats, now it's time to put pen to paper and you see these polls. How do you craft a speech that is based in reality, yet lets people, gets people excited about you?
8: Well, look at the polls, Uh, you know, 7%. This weekend in a poll said that they are, quote, enthusiastic about Joe Biden running again. Seven percent. I mean, I don't even know that seven percent of the Biden family feels that way at this point. But I'm going to answer your question through the Fox News poll, because as soon as Joe Biden says inflation is down, we're going to Uh, We're going to evade a recession. The economic wherewithal is improving. You look at the new Fox News poll released last week. 56% say inflation, quote, is not at all under control. Separately, 74%, that's three in four voters, Brian, say we are likely heading into a recession. So, you know, the, the thing for Biden is very simple. Will America believe what they see? and what they know or believe what he says. And so far, they believe what they see. Perception becomes reality when, it, when, it, when it's a matter of your economic wherewithal. If people believe we're headed to a recession. If they believe that the family budget, the kitchen table economics, small businesses, moms and dads, moms and pops, that they're, that they're not doing as well under his watch, he's kind of screwed. And you know, to your point, if, if we're putting politics into this, it's an even bleaker picture for the president. Because so many people are admitting to pollsters they don't want him to run. Joe Biden's biggest problem right now is not even among independents or Republicans. It's among Democrats. And so many of them now who didn't want him to campaign with them in November, in the midterms, are a little bit more vocal about questioning his ability to win in the future. His best foil, of course, is Donald Trump, he thinks. Donald Trump's not going to be in the House chamber tonight. I'm sure he'll try to mention his predecessor in the the former administration. But um, if he has to stand on his own two feet with the vice president behind him, he's reminding people that they have no confidence in the competence of this White House.
4: So I know for a fact, if speaking or texting with Robert O'Brien and Mike Pompeo over the weekend, they never had any balloon uh, balloon detected during your years in the White House. That's right. I talked to
8: one of them. Right.
4: So, so, and you know, if that would be something big enough, I think that you'd always remember it too, because you were there almost every day. So, so whether it was top secret or not, but now they say we didn't have the technology back then to pick it up, but we've had them cross in the Washington post today, three or four times. So we are supposed to believe as civilians, I'm a civilian as a civilian, we don't have the technology to pick up a balloon, the size of two school buses that is 2000 pounds up until Biden took office and started changing things? Are we to buy that story?
8: No, it's completely embarrassing. And by the way, what is the point to that being one of their messaging, their talking points? We we know that they were reluctant to take action last weekend. We saw a commander-in-chief again who's both feckless and reckless. When people look at Joe Biden, they think about national security and foreign policy. They think about Putin in Ukraine, even though he and his vice president explicitly said We've just come back from abroad separately. Putin will not invade Ukraine. I think he was invading Ukraine as the for, the vice president was still in the air. And you also see the guy who recklessly withdrew from Afghanistan. So there's got very little – they've got thin credibility to talk about any of this. They, they took their time. We don't know what kind of intelligence we'll get out of it, if any. But nobody believes, nobody believes that given the capability that we have as the world's greatest superpower militarily that we couldn't have detected that – But again, Brian, you just proved the point. They can't finish a sentence. They can't answer a basic question without saying Trump, Trump, Trump 15 times. But I've talked to the the president himself, President Trump. I talked to Secretary of State Pompeo, talked to others, and others have come out publicly and said, no way, no how is this true.
4: Okay. I want to bring you to politics in that same poll. That poll, the ABC Washington Post poll, has Trump beating Biden head to head by about four points. so Chris Tanunu was confronted with that poll with, uh, on ABC this week, which was Evanopolis, but uh, it was Jonathan Carl. Cut 21. You saw what our poll said about Trump-Biden. You think Donald Trump can beat Biden?
0: No. Unfortunately, at the end of the day, uh, November of 22 showed us that, right? Trump is going to be seen as a very extreme candidate. The country's going to push back against it. If we,
9: Just look at the results of, of three months ago, and that shows you where extreme candidates are going to end up falling. It, it, can't, it can't get done. He could get the nomination, but he can't get done. And what I try to espouse to Republicans is, look, we want to vote for the most conservative candidate that can win in November and get stuff done in 25.
4: How do you feel about Governor Sununu's analysis, who might be a candidate himself?
8: Well, he's a friend, and he's been a great governor, and he won reelection several times now. But we lost that Senate seat to a very underwhelming Maggie Hassan um, by double digits. I would have liked the governor to have been more helpful with that. And, you know, frankly, I don't hear this covered much, but here it is. New Hampshire is the state where Republicans lost the most legislative seats a few short months ago November 22. So I would ask him, what happened with the bench? You know, what happened with down-ballot races? And um, I also just reject this fiction of electability because it's how – it's just lazy. Uh, It's people telling you who's going to win years before a single vote is cast. And frankly, I don't like robbing the people, Brian, of their voice and their choice. Electability pretends that the pollsters, the anchors, the reporters, the political types know in advance who can win and who can't win – And you know what? People don't ask who can win, they ask who can lead. And their definition of leadership is very different. I actually think Trump had one of the best January. The January 6th committee came out with its report. You haven't heard of that in a month. Um, Biden's classified document handling has really hurt him in the polls because we went from, oh, he had a great midterm to his numbers are down in everybody's polls. his approval ratings, but also his electability. And Trump in the ABC News Washington Post poll, which has never been a pro-Trump poll, You've got Trump beating Biden by nine percentage points among independents. Now, if you tell me that's true of Mike Pence and Kristen Nunu and Nikki Haley, I'm listening. But so far, that's not true. Well, we, so we haven't, I, I didn't see
4: any head to head with them.
8: No, well, of course not, because people they're not Well, in there's a reason for that, Brian. They're but not listen, in. I don't listen. I don't if people want to run, they should run right now. There's one announced candidate. One candidate had the courage to announce and file the paperwork. And it's Donald J. Trump. If people want to run, they need to run. We don't need donors telling us who they support. We don't need grassroots saying, this is who I – they have to run. They have to put their name on the ballot. But poo-pooing it, I don't like robbing people of their choice and their voice by saying, who can win, who can't win. The other thing is, I don't know why the extreme label is back (laughs) describing Donald Trump. I mean, you can say many things, but what does he mean by extreme? Um, And, again, I've always had a great relationship with Governor Sununu. If he wants to run, he should do that. Um, but I would ask him why we lost so many state legislators but, but in you know. In the state but of New
4: sure. Kellyanne, too. I don't think uh, Trump's an extremist. I don't. Uh, but some of the people like that he picked, Don Mastriano, uh, was a, was a mess. Didn't even try. Well, uh, I couldn't
8: support Mastriano, just so we're clear. Yeah. I had a different candidate in the primaries. Um, and I I'm just surprised. saying though, that
4: that's the type of thing that people look yes, at that. I was a, surprised
8: you know. that Governor DeSantis went and did a rally for Mastriano in Pennsylvania. I was very surprised at that. Um, but he did. He's not to blame for that. He's not to blame for Carrie Lake losing. Um, he's not to blame for Tim Michael losing, even though Governor DeSantis went and campaigned for all them. I, I appreciate the fact that a popular governor of Florida who's on the ballot himself has his own reelection, election takes the time. And, and and tries to convert his political right. Currency. Just real
4: quick, with with Sununu, you know that he did not want Bulldog to be the candidate.
8: Sure. Um, yeah. I know that personally, and I know that professionally. But once somebody is the candidate, you have to support them. In other words, Bulldog became the nominee because the Republican voters in New Hampshire, who also voted for Chris Sununu, voted for Don Bulldog in that primary. And the very next, you know, days after that, Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, either campaigned for him or endorsed him. Uh, and so I think Pence actually went to New Hampshire. The point being, you know, if you look back at Mitch McConnell actually said about Herschel Walker in 2021, quote, Herschel's the only one who can unite the party and beat Raphael Warnock. That's a year, over a year before the election. He said about Oz in the summer of 2022 after Oz, Mehmet Oz got the nomination in Pennsylvania. Um, I have great confidence in Oz. That he can beat Fetterman. So I think people are, you know, there's a lot of uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. You know, I hear you. That's I, a great point.
4: That's a great you know, point. I mean, you
8: yeah. know, so anyway, at least Trump put himself out there. Right. Biden was unwelcome on, on the campaign trail. Biden went to Union Station. It's a train depot. It's not a swing state. It's not a new congressional district. It's a train depot. At least Trump put himself out there. But look, if people want to run, they need to run. They can go on the Sunday shows. They can tweet all they uh, want. You have to. Have yeah, the I, to I think Sunun is, about. by
4: my opinion, I think Sunun is going to get in. And I think Chris Chris Christie is, too. Listen to what he said. Cut 22.
8: Here's the problem. Politicians, when they run for office, you don't always win. Sometimes the other guy loses. Joe Biden's president because Donald Trump lost. Joe Biden didn't win. And Joe Biden's never taken possession of that fact. And so he continues to do what he did when he was running, which he thinks was great because I won. No, you didn't win. Trump lost.
4: How do you feel about that analysis?
8: It's a combination of both. And he's another one who's a friend and a a colleague of many years. You're going to be in a tough spot,
4: Kelly, and You're friends with everybody.
8: Listen, I like them all. I do. I'm proud that they're all Republicans and conservatives and and frankly, want to move the America First agenda forward. This is this is the challenge for each of them, especially those who worked in Trump's administration, like a Haley or a Pompeo or a Pence. It's like, well, um, OK, you have these accomplishments. That's true. But he, you know, Trump can just stand on a debate stage, Brian, and say that was a great reminder to the public. Thank you for the free advertisement of everything <laughs> I did as president and commander in chief. Right. But they're stuck in a different way. Right. Um, I think some of these other folks, I think the, the never Trump lane is going to be more like a bike path. Kellyanne, be very I'm up
4: against a hard break, but thanks so much. It's going to we'll be fascinating it. talking to you along the way. It's a tough spot take to be here. Kellyanne exactly. Conway back in a moment.
3: He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
7: We've made it clear to China what we're going to do. They understand our position. We're not going to back off. We did the right thing. And there's not a bad question of weakening their schedule. It's just reality.
4: Yeah, this is a reality. I think it is weak and I think in the retrospect, I like to know the dynamics. I don't know who's going to report it, who's going to tell me, but if the President of the United States said on Wednesday knock it out, he should have said over the Lucian Islands in Alaska. The American public would have appreciated it. But they go down Canada. Canada doesn't seem to mind, which is crazy. Then they cross into Montana. That's when it goes down. Boom. Then it goes South Dakota, Wyoming, South Dakota, and then of course all the way through the South Carolina and they give them almost no notice. And they take it down. When we talk about this balloon, they want us to believe that this happened three times during the Trump years. And the reason why no Trump official knows about it, according to the NORAD spokesperson, it's because we weren't equipped to pick it up. Really? We can't pick up a balloon until Joe Biden came to office and made us balloons, uh, balloon savvy? I mean, come on. These, these explanations get stupider every day. Dumber i got to bring that up to Congressman Mike Gallagher. Also talk about what he wants to hear in the State of the Union speech tonight. Uh, And everything else when it comes to China. You want to unify the country? 82% of the country sees China as a chief uh, enemy, both economically and militarily. So get behind it. Rally the country. Inform rather than divide with your MAGA statements and uh, look at how bad Republicans are.
3: information you want truth you demand this is the brian kilmeade show
8: how is it possible that
1: this administration discovered um at least three previous balloons that flew over the u.s under the previous administration but trump officials didn't know it was happening yeah so look i think that uh, and we have talked about this before about how um uh the when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans uh, trans trans transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned, during the president's uh, prior administration. And once that we know of the beginning of this administration's uh, but never for this duration of time. As-
4: OK, I, I can't listen anymore, but she has no answer to anything of significance. I'm not sure if she's covering up or no one even talks to her or if she. Uh, if she just goes right to the podium, it doesn't even get briefed before briefing us. Congressman Mike Gallagher with us now, Chairman of the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the United States and Chinese Communist Party, Chairman of the House Armed Services Committee on Cyber, and on the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, former Marine, Congressman. Her expl- the explanation coming from NORAD and the White House is this happened three to five times during the Trump years, but nobody knew about it. The Defense Arms acknowledged the craft shot down Saturday after just, uh, a, long, a three days long journey has breached the national airspace. They informed lawmakers over the weekend uh, that it's been happening many times dating back through Donald Trump's term. Are we to believe this?
10: Well, if you remember, Brian, in the first few hours of this crisis unfolding, anonymous Pentagon officials were saying that this had happened in the Trump administration in an effort to sort of downplay it. But what they've unintentionally done is raise two questions that we need answers to. One is, okay, if it happened this many times in the Trump administration, why were none of the major civilian officials, whether it's Robert O'Brien, whether it's Mark Esper, whether it's Deputy National Security Advisor, Matt Pottinger, why were none of them informed? Why did the military sort of silo this off? Or if we only learned about it after the fact, i.e., these balloons transited over United States territory and we didn't know, that suggests that we have massive gaping holes in our early warning and detection system. Why wasn't NORAD able to track these things and present options to the president? And all the more reason why we should have had a well-developed standard operating procedure to deal with this, either through corralling it, capturing it, or shooting it down over the Aleutian Islands. So there are many unanswered questions here. We haven't even had a classified briefing yet. We've requested it. I'm hoping that we get it. We just There are things this administration has said that simply do not make sense.
4: So, this guy, General Glenn Van Herk, said, I'll tell you that we did not detect those threats, meaning the Trumpier threats, and that's a domain awareness gap that we have not figured out. So, let me get this straight. With all the money we've put into defense, they can't stop a hypersonic missile and they can't stop a slow moving balloon. Come on. I'm scared to think that he's telling the truth.
10: It's crazy. And the fact that I, you know, listen, I'm not you know, the most important member of Congress, but I'm on the Intel Committee, I'm on the Armed Services Committee. Why am I learning about this from the Billings Gazette? Would anyone have learned about it if a civilian had not spotted it in Montana? I I don't know. I mean, it's incredibly, incredibly troubling. And let's say you assume that this balloon had limited capabilities or we neutralized its ability to collect against us while it was over the United States. It doesn't take much to imagine what they could do if they weaponized these balloons. And there was a Financial Times report yesterday that suggests as recently as 2018, There was a video on Chinese social media that has subsequently been removed of a balloon identical to this from which the PLA deployed hypersonic missiles and using such balloons as part of an ISR platform has long been part of the PLA rocket force doctrine. So, this is very troubling and I think it should remind everybody in America that if we actually get into a fight with China over Taiwan. The vast Pacific Ocean will not be enough to protect the continental United States.
4: Oh uh, yeah, and by the way they had a self destructive ice on there, so it could have exploded at any time. Who knows if there was some type of gas in it? I don't really think in those evil terms, but that could have happened. But nobody thinks we acted uh, correctly on this. But here's the opportunity, Congressman. You could unite the country. The reason why you have a bipartisan committee, 82 percent of the country thinks that China is our economic and military enemy and rival at the very least. So if you want to unite the country from taking TikTok Tac away from teens to understanding that we can't real as realtors, we cannot sell commercial realtors, cannot sell to China. We cannot sell to uh, farmland outside military bases to China. We cannot allow charter schools and boarding schools to be sold to China. You could unite the country and harden the target, don't you think?
10: That is the goal. That is what we're going to try and do. And um, you just kicked off a few things that are going to be an early priority for us. If if this book really uh, uh, creates a sense, if this balloon incident creates a sense of urgency, around the CCP spying threat to America, there are a few sensible things we need to do. We need to kick PLA-affiliated researchers out of American universities. We need to prohibit the ability of CCP affiliates to buy land, particularly near sensitive military bases. Um, We just need to harden our defenses uh, in general. And right now we're, we're just too complacent. And so the goal of the select committee on the Chinese Communist Party is going to be to build that bipartisan center of gravity to do what is necessary to defend America, defend our sovereignty from Chinese Communist Party aggression. Because what we're seeing is a pattern of aggression. It's not an isolated balloon incident. It's not, you know, a spy on an isolated American University campus. It's not some distant threat in the South and East China Sea. This is a whole of society effort being waged against us. It's a new Cold War, and the Chinese believe they can win, rendering us subordinate, rendering us humiliated, rendering us irrelevant on the world stage.
4: Are you talking... Uh, right now, are you talking to any Democrats on the committee that, that feel like you do?
10: We got actually got a good group of Democrats. My ranking member, Raj Christian Morthy, for example, is the Democrat co-sponsor on my bill to ban TikTok. So that's an encouraging sign. They have a lot of you know veterans on their side. Our, our member list is very serious, sober. So, listen, there's going to be a tension at times. Obviously, when incidents like this happen and the White House's response is so flat-footed and incompetent, I have to be critical of that because I want us to do better. And, and, and maybe that's, I'm, I'm not, you know, my Democrats made friends, maybe less critical of the White House, but that doesn't mean we can't continue to do bipartisan work. And I do think there is a shared and growing understanding of the Chinese Communist Party threat. And so we want to the extent possible. For Congress to speak with a united voice on this issue, where there are disagreements, we'll have them openly, honestly. Republicans and Democrats, for example, tend to disagree on the relative prioritization of the threat from climate change in our talks with China. And it's of my own belief that the sort of climate change evangelism from John Kerry produces incoherence in our China policy. That's an open and honest disagreement. But that doesn't mean we can't work together to bolster our military deterrent to increase our defenses against Chinese spying and to combat the ideological threat. So that's what I intend to do. And I'll work with my Democratic colleagues in pursuit of defending the country.
4: Uh, that, that must be maddening to try to for you with a military and, and uh, cyber background and to have somebody say, well, we got to get more solar panels. We've got to convince them to buy <laughs> to build less coal plants. That must be maddening to you.
10: Yes, as if John Kerry thinks that Xi Jinping cares about any commitments made at COP26 or, or COP27. I think it's a profoundly naive understanding uh, of the world. The other thing that drives me crazy about uh, the, some of the conversations I have with uh, folks on the left about climate change is it seems that, that natural gas and, and nuclear are never considered part of the solution. And I don't know how you do, do right by the environment without including natural gas and nuclear. In your solution. So there's a lot of common sense uh, policies we can embark upon that are both tough on China and good for the environment. But, um, you know, uh, John Kerry going to Davos and, you know, yelling yeah. at Americans He's that they need to endure more pain is, is just not the right approach.
4: What do you expect to hear tonight with the President of the United States, who's basically going to take, take a week and then probably say, I'm running for your election? What do you expect to hear tonight, State of the Union?
10: Well, I hope he doesn't try and slam dunk this balloon incident as some evidence of success, in other words, say, "Hey, you know this was our plan all along it was It was genius. We were able to track this thing and then shoot it down rah rah. I just think that would be disingenuous. I, I think what the American people would appreciate is a little bit more humility. I hope he also doesn't demagogue against a sensible solution to the debt ceiling crisis. I mean, the White House just went out there this morning and said that the Trust Act, which is a a bipartisan bill I have to create a series of rescue task forces for all the trust funds that are going insolvent, is a death panel bill. I mean, that's crazy, That's demagoguery that brings us further away from a common-sense solution. And what the Chinese Communist Party wants more than anything is for us to destroy ourselves, in part by bankrupting ourselves. We have to find a way out of our mounting debt crisis. And right now, I haven't seen any serious solutions from President Biden. Uh,
4: Lastly, uh, I want to bring up Ukraine. Only 41% of Republicans support it. Overall, 61% of the the latest poll of of Americans support it because so many Democrats support this conflict, supporting Ukraine fight against Russia. To me, I am all in. I see the bigger picture, and I think people just who don't, See a partisan lens or see that money that could be better used at home. But this is going to be money that's going to blow up in our face if we pull it back. Here's Joe Rogan, Mr. Everyman, talking with Crystal Ball and a few others on Spotify. Cut 35. Biden now, says no now.
2: Right, exactly. We'll see. He, he was saying no to tanks um, right. like five days before they sent tanks. So. And here's, here's the thing. He doesn't
3: remember that, though. Yeah, right, yeah you're right. right.
2: I was heartened a while back. When there were some leaks that came out of the Biden administration that he at like a a donor event in San Francisco or something said, basically, like, we're, you know, we got to make sure we avoid World War Three. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the the, he was like, we got to avoid nuclear war. We got to avoid World War Three. And I was like, okay, good. He's he's thinking about that. That caution that existed at that point seems to be totally out of the window. And if you read, you know, the official sort of like state <clears throat> state paper, the New York Times about the administration's thinking, they're like, well, you know, Russia said this nuclear stuff and it didn't happen. So they must just be bluffing. It must just not be oh, real. And it's yeah. like, okay, number one, <laughs>
3: was there a timeline before they could press the button? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Oh, they so? Didn't blow.
4: so that that's basically what's going on. He's splitting the difference. He's slow walking equipment while not backing off. So he's not going to give up. I get it. But he's getting people killed by incrementally handing over the equipment they need to survive.
10: Yeah, throughout this whole crisis, the Biden administration has repeatedly been afraid to provide more robust assistance for fear of provoking. Vladimir Putin. And then eventually they get pressured into doing it and Vladimir Putin isn't provoked. It simply just helps Ukrainians fight. I think going forward, you know, recognizing that some of our my Republican colleagues have concerns over aid to Ukraine, I I think two things are necessary. One, we actually have some sensible oversight provisions that we passed in last year's defense bill, an inspector general review of aid to Ukraine, a quarterly report on our munitions stockpile. So I think that's gonna be productive because we wanna make sure that the aid we're sending is being used well and it isn't falling into the wrong hands. And then we also just need to do a better job, and this is part of my mission on the Select Committee on China, of, of teasing out the de facto alliance between Russia and the Chinese Communist Party between Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. It's my belief that Putin is Xi's junior partner in this new cold war that they've waged against the West. He's he's she's tethered goat in Europe that he's using to sow chaos. And to just dis- to uh, draw a line between these two things, I think misunderstands the way in which geopolitics works, and so we have to understand that connection better and realize that our enemies are playing a global game, and therefore we must too.
4: He never addresses it. He never brings up the war. Well, we're going to give him weapons. We're going to why? Yeah, you know, he's got to explain to the American people why, and and, and that that helps because Republicans going to have trouble getting support to get the additional aid because the president never goes out and explains it, and no one feels better about his foreign policy instincts. Don't you agree?
10: I, I completely agree. Uh, and, you know, just saying, trust me, isn't enough. So we have to explain the why. We need to explain on the committee on on the CCP why all this matters, why people in northeast Wisconsin should care about the threat posed by the Chinese Communist Party and Russia. you got to get the why right before you can do anything
4: else. I hear you. Uh, all right, Congressman Mike Gallagher, uh, best of luck. China's our, our number Excellent. one enemy. Hopefully the American public uh, will rally around you and your committee. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. You got it. Uh, When we come back, we'll take your calls, 1-866-408-7669.
3: Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade.
5: This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea, first there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then they did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers, four million strong, fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country, the descendants of slaves can. To build this, slaves built this country, and we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white, white supremacy, supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for.
4: So, that is Disney's idea of informing the American public uh, or the next generation about America's past. Slavery, good? No one thinks it's good, no one thinks it should be ignored. But when you talk about the founding fathers and freedom and liberty, the inspiration to change the world and give people power in their government, to give a sense of where where you're born is not the way you end up, and of course, continue to correct our country till it emerges into a civil war, at which time hundreds of thousands die, and then freedom reigns. But of course, there was Jim Crow, and I understand that, but at the same time, people are thriving, people are growing, and we emerge as a superpower of the world, but... The 1619 Project and people like that want to keep bringing the country down. You know who's happy about that? Russia. You know who's thrilled by that? Iran. You know who runs with that propaganda? China. If your enemies love it and your allies scratch their head about it, why do you think that it's okay? The 1619 Project is in way too many schools. What part of way too much curriculum is extremely damaging to this country, and yet Disney embraces it? Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. This truly, we I thought was an American company, now has become an anti-American country. No wonder company, no wonder Governor DeSantis has taken away their autonomous status. No wonder he's no longer kowtowing to make sure they bring their headquarters here, nor are they thinking about it. So negotiations uh, not going well, and Disney continues to go woke and weak. Do you know in Disney and when Hong Kong fell, they had a, a Simpsons episode and they referred it to Tiananmen Square. Disney says we're not airing any of this or any Disney product until you take that out. Really? OK. They took it out. And then when they referred to enforced labor, slaved labor, when it comes to the Wiggers, they said you better take that out. And guess what? The Wee Company took that out. You want to hear more detestable, detestable history, cartoon style from Disney? Cut 26.
5: We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Didn't they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But
4: slaves were men
10: And
5: women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation, Emancipation is not freedom. freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth. For the umpteenth time, time. Our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. country.
4: And people are just lighting it up on social media, blatant anti-white propaganda. It's toxic, divisive, and destructive. Other people write. Others accuse Disney of just forcing a woke curriculum on our children. And Chris Rufo is all over this. He said this insane conspiracy theory that Lincoln did not free the slaves continues at a major company like this. Extremely damaging. I love that they're Tubman and Turner and Douglas, Frederick Douglass, But, man, like this— As if they weren't building a great country, fighting for a great country to make it even better. Not knowing that if you were around back then, every continent on the planet had slaves. We didn't invent the concept. It was brought here. But we fixed it. And every day getting even more equal. The most successful multicultural country in the history of the world. Maybe Disney could put that line into some. Not going there. You're not going to see any of those amusement parks ever.
3: From the Fox News radio studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade.
4: All right, from 40th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, heard around the world, Brian Kilmeade show. We'll do a simulcast in about a half hour. Barney and Company on FBN, and then Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on the border, Texas. The balloon crossing over Texas three times, really, during the Trump years? First time I'm hearing that. What about him? We'll discuss that along with the border challenges. What role will that play in the State of the Union tonight? Uh, So we'll get to all those things as well as your calls, but let's get to the big three.
3: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion industry? Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Number three.
5: We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Didn't they say Lincoln freed the slaves? But
3: slaves were men
5: And And women. women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation Emancipation is not freedom. freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again
4: unbelievable right disney goes woke and they're weak woke with a carbon ver- with a uh, cartoon version of the 1619 project and weak when it comes to china taking out their content on Tiananmen Square and slave labor. The company goes should be going up in flames.
6: Number two. What he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office, and he can storytell for six hours. He needs to do that. The other piece that's super important for him to do tonight is to draw a contrast. It's not a political speech, but he needs to draw a contrast, and I expect he will, between his agenda, give him more time, I'm still working at it, guys, and the chaos people see on the other side.
4: All right, there you go. That's Jen Saki's State of the Union address tonight. That's her advice. What do you want to hear? And is anyone listening to Joe at this point? Uh, for And now we expect to hear him uh, basically in the next two weeks saying he wants a second term. Question, will it be with Kamala or not?
1: Number one. You've known about the balloon program for some time. Has it always been your view to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon or was it only because it became public?
7: Oh, no. It was always my
4: position. Really? Okay. Balloon stories blowing up the administration's face. The explanations for allowing it to transverse the U.S. sound dumber every day. And their quest to bring Trump down isn't gaining traction. We wait and watch to see what China will do next and what he, we can fish out of the bottom of the ocean. Because evidently, it's easier to get things out of the ocean than it is off the ground. I didn't know that. Colonel, did you?
11: No, I did not know that. It's good to be with you, Brian. And, you know, when I think about this whole balloon fiasco, you didn't need a missile. If you had the 20-millimeter cannon on any of these aircraft, it could have poked some holes in it and watched it slowly descend down to the ground. And furthermore, why didn't we engage it when it was over Alaska? I mean, the worst thing that could have happened over Alaska is maybe it falls on a moose, but it definitely was not going to harm any people. And then, of course, Montana is a sparsely populated area. But to allow this child. Chinese balloon to traverse across the entire United States of America, especially hovering over uh, secret military installations, uh, nuclear military uh, silos, That that's unacceptable. And then this excuse about, well, there were balloons over the Trump administration. Do you really think that if there were balloons uh, from China that were floating over America during the Trump administration, that Donald Trump did nothing, that, you know, the alphabet soup media would not have said anything about it to try to, you know, take him down and to show his weakness? No. So this whole excuse that they're using only makes them look even worse.
4: I think so. What they said is they didn't really weren't prepared to stop a balloon. And it happened three times, but they weren't able—NORAD wasn't able to pick it up, but now they are. So let me get this straight. We put more money into our defense department than Mm -hmm. anybody else, and we can't stop a hypersonic missile, and we can't stop a balloon.
11: Well, think about this. Uh, During Christmas, NORAD tracks Santa Claus. So obviously they can track Santa Claus, but they cannot track a Chinese spy balloon or hypersonic missiles. So you really have to ask whether the priorities of NORAD— they're there to, to be able to protect our, our continental United States of America, our airspace and our water spaces especially, uh, and, and the fact that they you know let this slip by or previously they let it slip by, it's unacceptable. So I think that even more so, you got questions of the Secretary of Defense and also the Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff. And furthermore, if the President of the United States of America says, I want this balloon down, you don't say we can't do it. You say this is what we can do uh, within the parameters that uh, we can operate under. But to allow this thing to go across the United States for America again, this is highly disturbing. And it's a victory for the uh, Chinese Communist Party.
4: So here's Jennifer Griffin's question to General Glenn Van Herc at the Pentagon. Cut three.
8: Can I just ask you on the record again, because there's been a lot made in recent days still about why this was not shot down uh, after it uh, crossed or near the Aleutian Islands. Can you just explain what you were watching then, what you were thinking then, what the decision-making process was, and why you didn't have enough time to do so, if that was the
6: case?
7: It wasn't time. Uh, The domain awareness was there as it approached uh, Alaska. Uh, It was my assessment uh, that this uh, balloon did not uh, present a physical military threat to North America. This is under my NORAD hat, Uh, and therefore, uh, I could not take immediate action because it was not demonstrating hostile act or hostile intent.
4: It's in our airspace. It's the <laughs> size of two, three buses, right? Yeah. They got antennas sticking out of it. And we have no idea what's in it. I mean, there's a, there was a this story that they were able to transport a hypersonic missile in this. This was pulled down. It was back in 2018. But listen... What he's saying is we weren't able to assess it, we wasn't in damage. What do you think would happen if China saw this over one of their barrier islands?
11: Well, it's not going to get anywhere near a China barrier island or uh, the Chinese mainland. But really, what I just heard this general say was something that was very frustrating for us when I was over in Afghanistan and and also in Iraq, when you were told that if you see a guy in the middle of the night digging on the side of the road, he's planting something that is uh, cylindrical and has wires coming out of it, you cannot engage him and shoot him because he's not showing any hostile intent. Uh, and so the next morning when the IED goes off, then you can do something about it. This is how absurd our military has become, focusing on pronouns and all of these other things, but they cannot detect a threat. A balloon that you did not put up in the air comes into our airspace, into our water space, uh, and it's hostile because China is our number one geopolitical uh, foe. You, you take that. down. You don't say that it's not showing any hostile intent. It's not yours. It's in your airspace. You take it down. That's the bottom
4: line. What do you expect to hear tonight? Uh,
11: I expect to hear basically the arsonist who is uh, masquerading as a volunteer fireman, who created the fire but then came in and said I stopped it. Uh that's what Joe Biden's going to do. Uh you know trying to say that I rescued the economy, I rescued the, us from high inflation, I rescued us from high gas prices when he was the one like I said the arsonist who started all these things and now he wants to masquerade as the volunteer firefighter. Um it's going to be you know, Really, I, I think, a a very disingenuous State of the Union address, and I'm sure that the fact-checkers are going to have a lot of fun with it because we know what the truth is. And the recent polling that came out said that 41 percent of Americans are saying that they're worse off economically. They know the truth. They go to the grocery stores. They go to the gas pump. So uh, I'm sure he's going to try to put lipstick on a pig, but it's still just a pig.
4: So we know the border is still a major issue. If the president yeah. asked the vice president to do it, she basically didn't do it. So she goes, I'll only do the core issues. Can you imagine that? Getting an assignment and just saying no. So that's why she has 38% approval rating. That's why it seems that Democrats are basically coming out saying she's useless and she's not a viable opportunity, uh, you know, not, a, not a viable candidate should something happen to Joe Biden, which is going to hurt him in the general election. Listen to her yesterday, talk about who's, bl- who's to blame at the border. Cut 33.
1: But at the end of last year, we saw a rising level of migration from other countries. Congress must fix our broken immigration system. And Congress must provide the necessary funds for border security.
11: Really? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is coming from the border czar, who still to this day has not been to the border. Of course, she went to a point of entry there in El Paso, You know, another drive-by, just the same as you saw from President Joe Biden. But think about this, Biden. The the Biden administration cannot protect any part of our sovereignty. They cannot protect our airspace. They cannot protect our our ground uh, borders. They are just allowing a free-for-all. So the Chinese can fly a spy balloon over. Five to six million can come across illegally. The uh, Mexican uh, narco-criminal terrorists that we call the cartels are in control of the border crossing zones. The human trafficking and sex trafficking uh, is out of control. The fentanyl is out of control. And fentanyl is a chemical warfare device. This comes from China to these uh, cartels, and they're bringing across hundreds of thousands of Americans who are losing their lives. And yet she wants to pass the buck to someone else. And that's why she has that low approval rating. That's why even uh, I think the New York Times wrote an article saying that they don't think that she's up to par to be the vice presidential nominee. They don't even think that Joe Biden, 58 percent of Democrats, don't want Joe Biden to run again. So they're really in a conundrum on the Democrat side of the House. But if Joe Biden does run again, he's kind of stuck because identity politics, you try to dump Kamala Harris, then you're going to upset a large percentage of your support base, which is the black community, where Kamala Harris has between a 65 to 70 percent approval rating. Right. To me, is a head scratcher.
4: It is because they should demand more because she's done nothing. She wants to be queen of England. Instead of just yeah. getting her hands dirty and just start kicking off accomplishments. This is an ideal opportunity for anybody. I mean Mike Pence took advantage of that opportunity. You know, Dick mm-hmm. Cheney was another person. Don't give me any fame, don't give me any acclaim. I'm going to use my experience to help a, a new president out. And that's what he did. They it's too vital a position to waste. Back, you know, there was a time when it was a waste of time. That's not the Mm -hmm. case anymore.
11: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, most people, Spiro Agnew or whoever was uh, uh, Jimmy Carter's vice president, many people don't remember them. Mondale, and who, of course, had an incredible loss to Ronald Reagan. Uh, but when you think of or you know, George H.W. Bush, I mean, what he was able to do in coming in as Reagan's vice president and then becoming president. But Kamala Harris is really, it's a caricature of that position of vice president of the United States of America. And I will tell you, you walk around and ask people, they'd be fearful of something happening to Joe Biden. And the next thing you know, is President Kamala Harris. So she is not a person that's ready to step up in the uh, in the lineup. Right.
4: But that's a problem for Democrats because if they did have a, a stud, if they did have an up and coming star or Ron DeSantis, a Sununu uh, or whoever you want, uh, a young person, the ne- uh, next up, whether it's a Tim Scott or anybody else, then they go, you know, well, Joe Biden's older, but he to get the vice president have more and more responsibility. And then when it's time for reelection, you'll know exactly who to nominate, mm-hmm. but they don't yeah, have but- that. So that's why they wonder what they, what are they re- really stuck
11: they are incredibly stuck, and I think that when you see Sarah Huckabee Sanders give the response, you're going to see another in that uh, lineup for the Republicans that can step up and be ready on the national stage. And remember, you know, she's just uh, forty-some odd years of age, and you know, I just turned sixty-two today, so she's got a lot of time that she can be out there on the uh, on the stage.
4: Yeah, she's the youngest uh, governor in the country and female governor mm-hmm. in Arkansas. All right, uh, Colonel, happy birthday.
11: Thank you, brother. I tell you what, it felt good. I put in a good four and a half miles this morning. So I got to try to keep up with you. I mean, you you, you never age. You still look at Studley. I'll put you out there on the USA team for the World Cup uh, in a couple of years.
4: So you really, you're going on the record saying, I'm Studley on your birthday. Yeah, man,
11: you're a pretty tough old guy. You know, <laughs> you know I now I don't yeah, you know, like I said, I'm putting it in reference of, you know, playing soccer. I don't know if you could put on a, a sixty, seventy pound rucksack and go hump, you know, through the desert with me, but we can see.
4: You know what's interesting is I watched that special forces show on Fox. Yeah. Did you watch any of that?
11: No, come on man. I mean, you know, kinda of been there, done that and you know. You don't get to say take and, and stop and <laughs> cut <laughs> off the camera, you know, and you're gonna you gonna tell me real. that
4: it's not real what I'm watching, please? <laughs> How dare you? No.
11: no, but that's okay. You know, it's 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 making ratings, so that's what's most
4: important. And it's good. The military looks good, and they they give a lot of great messaging through it. When you see Piazza that's and Collie Lloyd out there uh, grinding it out, and you see, <laughs> uh, yeah, Amendola, who probably would have been a Na- Navy Seal, that guy, the wide receiver for the Patriots for years. Oh yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah he was a little tough guy. But they're breaking him. They are breaking him down. They had him snapping the other day. Well,
11: that's what you're supposed to do. That's the whole thing. You break people down so that you can build them back up. Uh, and that's what the military needs to get back to. You know, we, we can't have generals to stand up there and say, you know, I didn't think a Chinese spy balloon was, was showing hostile intent.
4: They I need hear to put you.
11: him on the Special Forces show.
4: I know. I, you know, maybe I should go on. Uh, what do you think, guys? I could think you,
11: that would be awesome.
4: Could I still do the radio show? In boot camp, probably well, not. I See
11: why not? You might need a little bangay, but you'd be okay. <laughs>
4: exactly. Uh, hey, <laughs> Colonel, happy birthday! Have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you. God you bless. You got it. All right. Listen, when we come back, I see you up there. One eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. Then I actually have two blocks where you can open up some phones. And we are following the latest, and we're staring out of the open water. Where in that seven mile radius, we find out that's where we blew up the China balloon. Uh, And the China balloon is now at the bottom of 42 feet of ocean of water because they say that's the best way to get it back. Seems weird. Back in a moment.
3: Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
4: Hey, we are back. We'll rack a call, so let's get to it. Brian's over in Florida. Hey, Brian.
12: Hey, Brian, how's it going? Uh, I wanted to change the subject a little bit. Of What if the states get on the ballot for the actual citizens to change what the representatives actually are allowed to do, not to do, how they can be recalled and so forth. You follow me?
4: You want to break down how states can pick their senators and governors? No,
12: how they represent us. Like if they're saying, like, okay, the lobbyists, you're not allowed to discuss anything
4: with a lobbyist. You're not allowed to take money from a lobbyist. I know they're an important part of this, but it really bothers me that you see all these companies get influenced because they have money and they pay off politicians. Politicians need money to run. So they have to go out and and go to these fundraisers, which makes them susceptible to do what the fundraisers want them to do.
12: Exactly. Eliminate the money, though, that comes from these people. You name me, one lobbyist that's actually going to pay a politician to do something for the people.
4: No, they're going to Just do one. something. The lobbyists get hired by a company to represent that company. Right. So right, I, so eliminate it at the state level. Yeah, and I would love to have the election season shortened. This is going to go on for two years. You know how much money you need to run for two years?
12: Yeah. So, right. I mean, who are they working for? Not us. Eliminate the special interest money, and we can get back to having a fair election that's going to represent the people.
4: I, I agree. I hear you. Thanks, Brian. I know it's frustrating. John, listening on KDWN over in Las Vegas. John.
7: Hey, good morning. Uh, I wanted to say happy uh, birthday to Alan West. What a what a great guy. He Second is. thing, Mark Milley was in bed with China as a Joint Chiefs of Staff chairman. He uh, he was subverting Trump. So um, why do we have faith that? What do you mean by what do you mean by
4: embedding? Because he called up the Chinese leader and say we're not going to bomb you or something like that.
7: Oh yeah, exactly. So why do we think that that's not going on right now under the Biden administration, and uh, they didn't blow this thing up before it crossed the United States? If you look when that thing is uh, when it's shot. There's a secondary explosion, whether it's command detonated or self-destruct. If that was to go off over the United States, legally, that that creates a different question. That creates a different issue. So I think doing it over the ocean, um, first of all, gives them some deniability. And second of all, I think it's a lot harder to recover that stuff. Hey, they could hey, have used a an A-10. And-
4: John, I appreciate you doing all the read, but this is what bothers me. Don't tell me it's not a threat. At the same time, say, we had to blow it up over the ocean because it, we might have explosive devices on it. Got to pick one, don't you think?
3: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
0: What I can tell you is that they have recovered some remnants off the surface of the sea um, and um, weather conditions did not permit much undersea surveillance uh, uh, of the uh, of the debris field uh, yesterday. They think the debris field is about 15 football fields by
4: 15 football fields uh, square. Um, And so it's it's sizable. Sizable. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, It's really big. It's 2,000 feet long, so I think it's pretty big. 1,000 uh, pounds. And they felt bold enough to give it a slow speed chase, OJ style, across our country to only blow it up in the water. By the way, not easy, I understand, for the uh, F 22 to blow this thing up. Evidently, they had to wait for it to get offshore, but if it got, it was six miles offshore. If it got past 15, they would have had to let it go. You imagine that one. Let's go out to Ron in Memphis. Hey, Ron.
12: Morning, Brian. How are you?
4: Great. What's on your mind?
12: Hey, I got a quick question. Um, And I'm just thinking, and you've covered this as well as Fox has, um, you know, Xi Jinping and Putin, they met in September. They virtually met again in December. Do you think it's possible, and I'm just picking your brain, not a conspiracy theorist or anything, do you think it's possible that this is coordinated from the standpoint of Tying America's resources, even more and more of our resources, into Ukraine, and at the same time, coincidentally, testing our country in terms of sending that balloon across our nation's lines.
4: Not sure. Uh, it, one thing is just coordinate in that they were trying to, they were trying to court us for about eight weeks. They're like, listen, let's let's de-escalate. Things getting a little out of control, and they didn't do everything they can do. For the Russians, and we know they're buying the Russian oil, we know they're providing high- tech equipment and relief in parts to Russia, but considering what we thought they were going to do they they were being very cautious, so we started to think as a country, wow, these guys really are getting worried from the chips bill to the fact that we're opening up a base in Guam, a base over in the Philippines, they're looking to, and all of a sudden in comes this balloon so i i'm on i'm 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 open, I'm open to anything including the military might be acting separate from their version of their diplomatic department, their version of a state department. But I think that the Chinese, one thing that they're saying, they're seeing what the Russians are getting bogged down. They're seeing how isolated they've become. And they're saying, do we really want to go through this? Is Taiwan really worth this? That's pretty true. The other thing is they say, I love the way NATO is emptying... Their sheds and giving all these guys weapons. I love the fact that the U.S. has got to do a massive replenishing run. So there's pluses and minuses to both. I don't know if there's an absolute overall strategy, but I would love to see us unified in kind of trying to come up with one here because you can't go wrong. Mike, who's on WABC. Hey, Mike. Hey, Brian. How you doing?
12: Great. What's on your mind? Well, I had a question. Maybe you could help me with this conundrum. So all weekend we had a listen to uh, the Pentagon, all the liberal uh, stations talking about how this balloon was no imminent threat. It was no threat. Yeah. That's what it didn't shoot it down. So my question to you is why shoot it down at all? Once it left the United States, if it was no imminent threat while it was flying over the country— why bother shooting it down at all? Why not let it just float back to China if it's not a threat
4: to anyone? Well, they haven't told us how, why they believe that China was unable to get anything transmitted from that balloon. Number two, uh, they, they don't know if that thing is what they got already before it got here. And number two is it violated our airspace. It's in between space and, and air travel. So we couldn't let it go past. I'm with you. They're all over the place on this. One minute, it's not a threat. The next minute, they say, shoot it down right away. The next minute, they say, well, it was fine. It was disabled. We want to let it out over the country. Then they say, we couldn't blow it up over the country. We didn't know it was capable of what was actually inside of it. And now we understand the belief is it has self-destructive advice. The other thing to keep in mind is China was steering it the whole time. This thing went on everyone across every military base, including across Virginia Beach, WNIS listeners, Know all about that. And then we know South Carolina is just littered with military personnel. And and we started Montana where we got 520 missile silos. It's where we keep our nuclear assets. It's insane. Dennis, listen to Virginia Beach. Hey, Dennis. Uh, Hi, Brian. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? I got a quick question. I got a quick question for you.
12: I love your show. Um, Do you think they will ever tell us what they actually find from the balloon in the ocean right now when they collect the evidence?
4: If it's something that will help them politically, sure. Uh, I think they will. I think we were able to take this down and neutralize it. I think we'll get to a degree. But they don't want to tell us anything unless we find out about it. It seems like you got to go find out about it, then they go ahead and explain it. So I'm very curious. I mean, now all of a sudden they just say, uh, yeah, same thing happened to Trump. And then we look at the situation, they realize nobody in the Trump administration is backing that up. So they quickly say, well, it happened during the Donald Trump years, but we didn't have the capability of detecting it. Really? We can't pick up balloons now? So they, they don't, they're not as transparent uh, until you find them. And I don't think we ever would have found about the balloon period if it wasn't so visible in big sky country. So I hope we find out to a degree what it is, but if they just say it's a surveillance balloon i like to know what we're going to do with the South American balloon. It's coming up through South America, Central America. Are we going to let it come in through New Mexico or Texas? Are we just going to let it float by and then wait for it to get over water again? That's a good question, I just asked myself. James listen, on WDBO in Orlando. Hey, James.
12: Hey, I just wanted to throw out my conspiracy theory of the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> during World War II, Japan sent thousands of these things over to the United States to try to burn us down. Uh, with incendiary devices. Only a few of them made it to the, our western shores, and they lit the woods on fire in Washington and Oregon. Uh, I think this is a weapon system, and China is testing it, and they just proved that they can bomb South Carolina for a few hundred bucks.
4: So far, I think you're right. Uh, listen to what Mark Green said's got to change at the Pentagon. Cut 11.
10: There's a ton of things to change over there, no doubt about it. But number one, we've got to find out who made these bad decisions. We need warriors over there. Our military is supposed to, their job is to deter war and when it happens, kill people and break things. Not uh, train people on this woke stuff that is tying up our time. We've got ships colliding in the sea and a... Three-star admiral made a, made a report on it that it was because there wasn't time to train on what they really need to train on. Instead, they're out there worrying about this woke stuff that's being taught not only at the academies but throughout the force.
4: Right. Uh, I mean, it all plays into the fact that the president now has between 42 and 45 percent approval rating. It all plays into the fact that now uh, only 32 percent of the country, the number was over 50, uh, 32 percent of the country want him to run for reelection again. And most Democrats don't want him to. That's how much have changed. And I think the Pentagon plays into that, this whole ESG, making sure your portfolio doesn't have anything with fossil fuels in it. Uh, Make sure that we spend six trillion dollars mostly on green technology. All this stuff people are getting fed up with. And I think the president of the United States uh, was, I don't know, he felt good about the Ukraine war. He also felt good about that abortion was on his side. He thinks most people are not pro-life in this country. And then I think he misinterpreted with the the midterms election war. And the American people are souring on him big time. Listen to this. The president's performance, 45 percent, according to the Washington Post. Uh, Excuse me, Fox News. October 22, is he honest and trustworthy, 42%. That number was at 52% in October of 2020, right before he was elected the first time. And, of course, he wants to do it again. Six in 10 Americans say they would be disappointed or even angry if he wins again. Wow. Ron, listening on KSLM in uh, Salem, Oregon. Hey, Ron.
12: Thank you, my brother. I want to thank you again. It's been about five or six years since you gave me the Triple E Wars a couple of copies, and I've really appreciated okay. the book for my godchildren. Main point is this: it's costing me with this president in office. My fuel price in Oregon was two nineteen for diesel on a twenty mile an hour power stroke ninety nine. Which is very good mileage, and I take good care of it. I've been sideswiped by these illegal aliens, hit and run, crimes off the chart. Merely, in my opinion, who's and Austin should be fired. If this was a Truman Doctrine in effect, he they both those generals would have be been fired. From a Navy man who's gotten out thirty-three years ago, this coming Saturday on my birthday, and watched the year before, thirty-four years ago, almost in May of eighty-nine, Tiananmen Square via satellite. And we had on an LST, the technology to detect things at high altitudes. And you're telling me this bull sugar that they're throwing down is is wicked we weight. And you. it floated around in search of Montana.
4: Uh, I'm agree, I agree with you this, on this. I am not impressed with General Milley. It was a mistake to begin with. He's already turned on the person that appointed him. And now he allowed himself to be, according to him, shepherded out of Afghanistan, the biggest military disaster ever, kept his job And now, stop the president from what he said, if I'm not believe them, blowing up a balloon. So, General Milley's done. The guy should be just thrown out to pasture. He's a disaster.
3: Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney & Company with Stuart Varney. Live on your radio and on Fox Business, here's Brian Kilmeade.
4: Yeah, I'll be able to get some calls on the back end of this after I talk to Stuart. So uh, just stay stay on board uh, because I'm going to go on Stewart to uh, go on FBN. So find Fox Business. You can see what's going on in the studio. If you're not watching Fox Nation, we'll be on Fox Nation, Fox Radio, and, of course, we'll be with Stewart on Fox Business. So it's going to be pretty cool. We like to do it every week. And we're going to talk a lot about what we're talking about here. So let's listen in together.
13: 10.51. That means it's time for Reveal, please. Brian Kilmeade. There he is. Viewers are blasting Disney's reboot of the series The Proud Family. Look at this latest episode, uh, Brian. I'm sure you'll hate it. Go.
5: Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering and continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white, white supremacy, supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for.
13: Well, oh, Brian, that's not like the cartoons I remember from Disney, and I don't think you like it, do you?
4: Well, does anybody? I mean, does right. anybody? I mean, China right. must love yeah. it. They go, America's coming apart from the inside. They yeah. hate. They hate their history as well as their president and the previous president, because that's their view. And think about this. They don't bring up the founding fathers. You talk about, we've been over this a million times. You talk about how bad Jim Crow was and separate, but equal. And it was a, Terrible compromise in the 1870s. You talk about slavery, and then you put it in context. The Founding Fathers were able to introduce freedom and liberty to this small 13 colonies and let everybody else around the world know you don't have to live and die with the circumstances in which you were born. And it began to flourish, this idea of a free economy, a free country, personal liberty, and responsibility. And next thing you know, it's spreading around the world, and it's not just about absolute monarchs, kings, and queens. It is about people— and their rights, and revolution begins to spread. You know what else is around the world? Slavery. We didn't invent it, we didn't stop it, and we eventually fought a war to end it, and now eventually we became the most successful multicultural country in the history of the world. Why you have to make a cartoon taking down our country, if China put that out, I thought that would be propaganda, or the Palestinians who would love to to have anti-American rhetoric in their classrooms, but to do it here... Is really damaging, and Disney should be ashamed of itself.
13: I agree entirely. There you go. I'm going to change the subject. I understand you're going to the Super Bowl at the end of this. Forty-two week. reports. Yeah, frequent reports. Actually, yes. uh, We're told that 50 million people will place a bet on the Super Bowl this year. A total of 16 billion dollars expected to be wagered. I know you. Go- are you betting on the game? No. I, under, the point spread is one and a half. Are you betting?
4: No, uh, and I, I appreciate the fact this is a revenue stream for states and for people and for business. I, I get it. But to me, I, I, see the, I see a big downside to this. And I think sooner or later we're going to be on this show talking about people being compromised in games because so much money is at stake. I know we're trying to build up firewalls. And I understand that you know, Las Vegas shouldn't have Monopoly on it or Atlantic City. But now we are so obsessed with betting. I'm more of a purist. I actually like sports. I want to root for a team. I don't want to root. I even have a problem to a degree with fantasy when you're rooting for a player, not a team. So I think that people want to be involved. They want to be competitive. I get it. But for the most part, I do like the idea of pure sports and competition. That's a fair point.
13: Fair point. By the way, did you see uh, Belichick uh, being very nice about uh, Tom Brady? I think he called him a goat. Is is that the reversal of their supposed relationship?
4: No. My hunch is this. He's not the most demonstrative guy, period, but he gets respect to people. My sense is when you're a drill sergeant, you might have great respect for people underneath you, but your goal is to keep them safe and make your team win, meaning armies. Same thing with sports. Belichick's like, the last thing I need is have a star cast and a everyday cast. So he actually humanized him in his way getting the most out of him on um, making him never feel comfortable you can do better you know I'm going to keep pushing you if you make a mistake I'm going to call you out in the middle of the tape room in front of the offensive linemen and your wide receivers and what happens is people say man he treats you exactly like he does me and that was his philosophy that worked for 20 years and don't diminish Bob Kraft's role in this because he was the one keeping these guys apart, letting them work together, making each other get better. And ultimately, fundamentally, I think there's mutual respect. My sense is within 10 years, they'll be best friends.
13: OK, uh, Super Bowl 57 as this Sunday, February the 20, the 12th. 6:30 p.m. Can't you do something, Brian, about getting the time uh, earlier in the day? Because a lot of people, I can't stay up till 11 or 12 o'clock at night to watch this. I'm going to do it
4: better. Either make the game Saturday, or make give uh, America off Monday, and we'll uh, and we'll give back uh, <laughs> we'll give back a holiday. You know, we'll, we'll figure <laughs> out something to give back. Nice try, son. right? Nice and try. just give, give us off Monday because okay. it has become a national day of celebration, even if you're not a football fan.
13: Okay, well, we wish you the best in at Super Bowl uh, 57. And we'll see you later on the right. show coming up.
4: All right. Uh, listen, I told you to stay by, and you did. Linda, you're in St. Louis. Hey, Linda.
8: Hi. Um,
7: I, I have a question. So if one balloon is deemed non-threatening and it's a risk to the civilians on the ground, what if China sends 25, 50, 100 balloons at the same time across America? Then it's really going to be dangerous for um, the civilians on the ground. Are we just going to stand by and let, I mean, at what point do you stop balloons?
4: Linda, I think the next one that ends goes blown up, no doubt about it. I don't, I think there's so many more questions and answers, but our next opportunity could be in a couple of days. There's another balloon coming our way. And by the way, if, you, if you're another country, even Canada, why is Canada not taking out a balloon? This is your—what would China do? If we had an American balloon floating over China, what do you think they would do? Two seconds blown up. Two seconds. Instead, we wait six days. Actually, January 21st is when we detect it launching from China. And then it comes to by 24th in Alaska. Then it goes down the Canadian coast into Montana. That's never going to happen again. But you're right. They're testing all types of different things to get uh, inside our society, and we got to start rallying against it. We have a rallying cry. We have a common enemy that could bring the country together. That is the goal. Hey, don't forget, watch One Nation, even though it's only Tuesday, coming up Saturdays at 8 o'clock. And I'll be at the Super Bowl starting this Friday. Don't move.
3: From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: Not sowing division intentionally, but I do give my opinion, and that sometimes does divide people. Uh, we'll come to you from 48 to 6 in midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world. Uh, this hour, I'm going to be joined by uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, uh, she has emerged as a real leader on the right, big time, uh, House Armed Services Committee uh, chairperson, House Intelligence Committee, too, and House Republican Conference chair. So she's third in charge, uh, third most powerful. So it'll be great to talk to her. Also a major power player in New York where, uh, on a side note, the the governor just asked the city for $500 million, and the city goes, no, nope, we're out of money, thanks. So New York taxes you to death. They just tell the millionaires, you can leave if you want to. And then they wonder where the revenue has gone. And they also don't have people feeling safe enough to ride the MTA, the subways or buses. And they wonder why the revenue is down. You didn't make it safe. You cut back the cops. And guess what? You now you're 3000 short minimum. And a lot of people say, you're taxing me to death. I worked hard to keep my money. I don't want to give away six out of every $10 I make. I'm going to go somewhere else. And they did. So let's get to the big three.
3: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
5: We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Didn't they say Lincoln freed the slaves? But slaves were men And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again.
4: That is uh, some of the rhetoric that we hear coming from Disney. They've gone woke and they're weak woke with a cartoon version of the 1619 project in week when it comes to china slave labor being taken out of their dialogue and tiananmen square reference being taken out of the simpsons this company's going up in flames
6: Number two. What he needs to do is tell a story. Joe Biden is an amazing storyteller. I mean, you sit in the Oval Office and he can storytell for six hours. He needs to do that. The other piece that's super important for him to do tonight is to draw a contrast. It's not a political speech, but he needs to draw a contrast, and I expect he will, between his agenda, give him more time, I'm still working at it, guys, and the chaos people see on the other side.
4: Yes, Joe can tell a story, most of which are not true and never happened. State of the Union address tonight. When you do, what do you want to hear? Is anyone really listening? Is it time for the Joe to basically say, I'm running for re-election? The question, will it be with Kamala? Are the Dems stuck with the ticket? Number one.
1: You've known about the balloon program for some time. Has it always been your view to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon, or was it only because it became public?
7: Oh, no, it was always my position.
4: Really, balloon stories blowing up as the administrations uh, facing off with a press that's not going along with the story. The explanations for allowing it to traverse the U.S. could get dumber every day, and their quest to bring Trump into this conversation has not got traction. We wait and watch to see what China will do next and what we can fish from the ocean. So, what are what is going on, uh, and what are is he president going to say tonight? I hear he's going to do it, make a passing reference. To China. My fear is he's going to say how tough he is that he blew it up over the ocean after it went 4000 miles. Democrats might not want to be photographed or with video standing up cheering that, but they won't have a choice. The Whitehurst House spokesperson said this. President Biden will show the American people his plan to build an unprecedented deficit reduction. His leadership has already delivered by having the richest taxpayers, big corporations pay their fair share. By the way, The corporate tax rate was finally brought down to a competitive rate. It's not rich people getting richer. It is major companies who hire people who might make entry-level salaries to multimillionaire executives and vice presidents on down. It was brought to a competitive rate to bring business back. Number two, when people talk about the previous tax rates being uh, diminished under President Trump, one point – that is it. People look at the tax rate. They're just so used to saying tax breaks for millionaires and billionaires. They've, they're getting people to believe it. It's just not true. So Joe Biden has got this balloon story that's overwhelming everything. Prior to that, it was a classified document story, which suddenly, miraculously, they're going to brief the Intel Committee and the Judiciary Committee sometimes in the next couple of days. Why? Because they want to get this out of the headlines, and they want to focus on the president's agenda. Byron Donalds. Is that somebody that I think could be won over. Cut 17.
2: Prices are up all across the country. He spent $5 trillion we didn't need to. You already talked about the balloon in our airspace. We see what's happening in the Middle East. Energy prices have gone through the roof. Nothing is working well, except if you're a radical Democrat who likes these economy-choking policies. And we haven't even gotten to the border yet.
4: Right, of course, the border disaster. He will not even bring it up, I am sure. Just like he's not going to bring up education, I'm sure. Because you see the left-wing agenda in the curriculum, people are outraged by it. Parents, not just Republican parents. Parents. They asked Glenn Youngkin that. Meanwhile, people of uh, Fox did a poll. They said, how do you feel about how things go in the U.S.? 26% of the country thinks they're satisfied. 73% dissatisfied. Like it or not, it reflects on the president. Is the president honest? Trustworthy? Only 42% said yes. When he went into office, 52%. Uh, the president's job performance, 45%, could be worse. But as you drill down to the numbers, the president's got to put this into to his thinking when it comes to the speech. Only 37% of Americans think his economy is strong. Border security, 35% successful. 35% satisfied with his immigration and inflation, 31%. So if he's going to go up there and say the economy's doing great, inflation's going down, that's the wrong tone because it's already up 6%. We're used to 1.5%. It was at 9%. You can't take a bow when you get us down to 6 I hope his speechwriters understand that. Then he's really in a bubble if it indeed is the case. I was just shocked about it. Oh, across three polls they say the same thing. The Democrats who want Joe to run for a second term It was was 52% in October. Now it's down to 37%. 37%. I just don't know how he runs. The case is not strong, but I don't know who would be next. Now, for example, if Trump says, I'm not in, we're seeing Nikki Haley's going in. Governor DeSantis is going in. Tim Scott, I think, is going in. Glenn Youngkin is going in. Chris Christie probably going in. Mike Pence is going in. When I say, if I say Joe Biden is not in, okay, crickets. You want Governor Newsom? He looks the part. His job performance is absolutely awful. You want the governor of Illinois? Really? Pritzker? Tell me that's going well. What city has he straightened out? Tell me that Illinois is a place that people are going, yeah, I'm moving to Illinois. I want a fresh start. No one says that because no one does that. So you have Shapiro who's making himself out to be a moderate, but if you're going to be a moderate and be successful, why can't more Democrats be moderates? So I don't see Shapiro in there for eight months uh, saying I'm running for president, but that's an example of somebody that would. Joe Manchin, I don't know. uh, It's tough for him to get a lot of Democrat support. He's not won over Republicans yet. He might be running for election as a senator. That's, uh, That's my sense. Another thing to bring up is what's he going to say tonight? And if you look at foreign policy, only 34% agree with this foreign policy. When it comes to Ukraine, only 38% are happy with the way the Ukraine war is going. We've given $27 billion over, and they fought like warriors against the uh, Russians. Here's Ari Fleischer, cut 19.
9: He won't share with the American people what really took place and how it hovered over America and those military installations. He's going to say, I shot it down. And then all the Democrats will stand up and applaud, and then he'll go on to his next blow smoke line. That's what he'll do tomorrow night. But what bothers me the most, Sean, when you add up the Biden presidency, we are a nation now that has abandoned sovereignty. We've abandoned it by land, when you look at how our southern border is no longer enforced. We've abandoned it by air, when you look at how China could fly a spy balloon over our country. What's next? Are we going to abandon it by sea? Are we just going to let Chinese ships pull into our ports and say, well, if we sank the ship, we could kill American fish? So no, we're not going to defend America. This is what's happened now with our country and Joe Biden's acquiescence and weakness.
4: And that's our advice. You put it well. I mean, you do see the fact that our southern border has been totally breached. Now our northern border is open and we see what's happening with our sky. We track balloons and now scaringly, according to Yesterday's press conference the Washington Post today, they said that we've had a flaw in our detection. We've missed a lot of balloons. How do you miss a balloon? Well, How much more money do we have to give to these guys to get it right? You know, let's take down Confederate statues at West Point and let's not worry about the Chinese. Now we have a general coming up briefing his people in a memo that was never supposed to be public that be ready. his gut tells me we're going to be in war with China by 2025. Get your affairs in order. The CIA director thinks that we are going to have an invasion of Taiwan by 2027, the latest, and we're not going to act. Of course we're going to act. We have to be ready to act at all times. Let's go out to you. listen to Fox News radio app over in Annapolis. Hey you.
9: Hey, yes, sir. My name is Mike Yu. I'm a, I was a academy grad and Marine Corps officer, and uh, my parents both uh, came from China, escaped uh, Mao Zedong. And I just wanted to uh, comment on, on both uh, the, the Chinese balloon and also Nikki Haley. Um, you know, I, I think uh, obviously we should have shot that balloon down a long time ago. I mean, the Chinese are just complicit on uh, organ transplant, illegal organ transplant, as you said, uh, you know they easily could invade Taiwan, at what's ninety miles away, and uh, that that country is is uh, the biggest threat in the world to our peace, and we don't even recognize that. And,
4: well, when uh, you say organ transplants, they're using uh, they are using Uyghurs and using them as basically human beings. They just they'll take a kidney, they'll take an organ that somebody else needs. They make them convert religions, get them out of the Muslim religion, uh, and they put them into work camps. And we just looked the other way. And when it comes to Disney, if I could segue to that last one, when they say forced labor camps and was referred to in a Disney movie, they said, take it out. And they did. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, yeah.
9: and they're prisoners yeah. and, and their they're own prisoners. They they uh they do that for high officials. And there's a black market trade over there. People in uh, uh, our, our country and other European countries go over there for for uh, illegal organs. I mean, just a, a a wicked country. I mean, how else, how else to say it? And I just want to also yeah, comment on, on yeah, they hate Nikki their own Haley.
4: people. Uh, and real quick, Nikki Haley, she's your she's your I, pick. I just
9: think she'd be a great great president. I hope I hope she uh, she runs. All all those people you mentioned were phenomenal. Um, Nikki Haley being a first woman president, hopefully, and uh, she just declared out of South Carolina. And uh, I hope she I hope she wins it all.
4: Well, she's not she's not going to be outworked. I know that July 15th, she's going to make it official and she worked for almost every candidate she could. So she has a reservoir of support. She's going to have to buck the system, go uphill. The President Trump is still polling ahead of everybody, even though he's having trouble rounding up donors and hasn't done an event in two weeks, even though he's been declared for two months. So these are some of the challenges we have. Listen, I don't want to give you guys short shrift and make this block too short. and so we come back. Uh, I'm going to take more of your calls, 1-866-408-7669. From Long Island to Dayton, Florida, to Clifton, New Jersey, to Nebraska, Oklahoma, to uh, South Bend, Indiana, uh, to Crystal River, Florida. We'll be going over it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show.
3: Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Every former Trump national security official has said the same thing. And as
0: Mike pointed out, the Biden story keeps changing. The alibis keep changing. And now they've gone um, from intimating that we weren't telling the truth to admitting that we were with the explanation that you gave, Sean, which is that no one knew and somehow the best intelligence community, the best intelligence enterprise in the world somehow missed this for years, but miraculously in the past week, they have pieced it together uh, to, to find three incidents.
4: So this is what we got to do. And that is John Radcliffe saying, stop blaming the previous administration for allowing balloons to come into the breach this country's perimeter or airspace because no one has any record of it. Mike Pompeo, John Bolton, President Trump, nobody, Robert O'Brien, nobody's got any record of it. Now you say the explanation now is well, we didn't have the equipment to detect balloons. Really? Okay. No one's buying that. Here's what I love about what, what President Biden's done. The GIPS bill, it sends a big message to them. No more uh, high tech in that country. I love that they built out that, that base in Guam first time in a long time. I love that they secured a huge base in the Philippines because the Chinese were infiltrating in that area. And now we have to send a big message and start pressuring big business and say, listen, We're long-term. This is going to be our enemy. You don't want to be stuck with your manufacturing base in that country. I don't care how cheap they say they can build the goods. Get out. Pull out. While you have an ounce of integrity less, can you please tap into your red, white, and blue jeans instead of just going for the green? And if you have to, you pull out manufacturing. If it's Apple or Nike or Adidas, you're going to have to do it gradually or not as quick as we would like. But start saying it. Pharmaceuticals, you got to come out right away. National security thing. And believe it or not, if you need a partner in the region, do yourself a favor. Vietnam or the big picture, you know what you could do would be great to do? The big picture would be great to do Central and South America. If you see some of the people that have come through our border, hardworking people that do such great things, willing to work with their hands and got some skills, you teach them the manufacturing basics and you keep everything in our hemisphere, that to me would be a great thing for the country. And if I'm the president. And I'm 82 years old, 81. What are you waiting for to bring the country together? So we just say, listen, guys, we're going to differ on this. We're going to differ on that. But this is what we're going to agree on. It's going to be a massive push to decouple from China. And what we choose to do, we choose to do. But we're not going to allow our national security and sovereign to be, to be circumvented to Chinese whims. As they buy up valuable real estate, they buy up farmland, property around military bases, as well as our charter schools, our boarding schools. Can we please sober up? And there's got to be a limit to how much they can take, if anything, if you're a university of Pennsylvania or a Harvard or a Bard, how much money you can take from another nation. Why are they putting $300 million into our universities? Unless, of course, they want to say in the curriculum, as well as get their people in. Claudia, um, excuse me, Claude, you're listening on WXJB in Florida. Hey, Claude. Hey. How are you doing? Yeah, lower your radio. What's on your mind? Oh, okay. Yes.
12: What if the uh, Chinese are using these balloons as an experiment to check the wind currents and things Absolutely. for delivery of biological weapons could be. and viruses?
4: Absolutely. And I would hope smart people are looking into that, what it could be. You know, they told us two things, Claude. They said it's no threat. And then they tell us, well, we wanted to make sure if it was a threat, it would blow up over water. Excuse me? Which one is it? One, I I don't want the debris field to be so widespread it's hard to recover stuff. I always thought land was better. I'm not an expert on debris fields, but if you show me it's in the tundra of Montana or South Dakota, I probably don't need divers in 42 feet of water. It seems easier to me. And now you're saying it's no threat, but we'll worry about it exploding. Now we find out there were detonation devices on it. Maybe that's a reason why you don't bring it down. We don't know a lot. And I I wish I could say we don't know a lot for our own good, but I'm just not into that. Greg, KRMG in beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma. Greg. Hey,
12: Brian. Doing good?
4: All good. What's on your mind?
12: Oh, you know, this just goes back all the way to Afghanistan. We left Afghanistan, left, what, 80 billion of our equipment there, top-of-the-line equipment. Yep. left it in the hands of an enemy that hates us. China, they're building up. They're... They're turning their factories into war machines, and we're not, we're not getting ready before, but they are. We got a woke army. They're training the heck out of their army. They're training their civilians. They got the largest shipping containers and shipping ships out there. Who's to say that one day they don't just park, you know, al-Qaeda and all of them and all our equipment right outside the door?
4: Oh, listen, it's such a disaster. No one plays up the fact that we left hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment there. But, you know, the Taliban are one of the most best armed forces, period, in the region. And the stuff they can't use, they're selling, most of which to our enemies, like Iran. Such a disaster. How he was able to even recover from that is beyond me.
3: If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
5: This country was built on slavery, which means slaves slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea, first there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four Four million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms even though we remained America's slaves. slaves Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build it. Slaves built built this country. country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white right right supremacy, supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned
4: for. Uh, that is a cartoon Disney put out, basically echoing the 1619 Project, but making sure that kids got it early to know how evil America is. Nobody says you shouldn't learn history, but that history is an car- anti-American cartoon, and Disney should be ashamed of itself. Congressman Elise Stefanik joins us now. She's House Republican Conference Chair, House Intelligence Committee, uh, as well as a member of the House Armed Services Committee. Uh, Congressman, I wanted to bring you to that. How outrageous is that? As a, You're a mom of young kids.
1: Oh, it's outrageous, Brian. I couldn't believe, as I was listening to it, uh, what I was hearing, that that was produced by Disney. Uh, it is part of the radical, far-left, anti-American messaging and curriculum that they're trying to teach our kids. And uh, it's no longer just in the school system. It's large corporations like Disney. And look, I grew up during the Disney golden era. I am a big fan of those Disney films that I grew up with in the you know late 80s or early 90s. And it's just so, so sad that such... An important creative company has become radicalized and politicized. So my son will certainly not be watching that program that you just ran. We'll go back to the classics.
4: But you know what's crazy is that there's a lot of people who aren't as engaged as, as we are, and maybe our listeners are, and they'll just come home and listen to their kids and say, you know, you know this, uh, this, this land was born on, on the backs of slaves— and it was stolen from American Indians. We bring nothing redeemable into our quality, And it's a, a land of white supremacy. I'll play another clip. Listen to the other clip.
5: We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But
4: slaves were men.
10: And women.
5: And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for For the the umpteenth time, time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means
1: slaves built this country.
4: Wow, isn't isn't that refreshing?
1: well I just again I, I can't believe that this is the content that Disney is putting out we should be teaching American exceptionalism and the Republican Party we are proud to be the party of Lincoln we are proud to stand up for equality for all equality of opportunity and that's just not what's being taught in our schools uh, and I will tell you this is a wake-up call for parents and parents need to be engaged in the content their kids are uh, watching whether it's on devices or on TV and the curriculum in our school this is why you're seeing parents become much more active in terms of attending school board meetings, this is a good thing. And I will tell you, one of the only positive benefits of the learning from home, which was horrific and caused horrible learning loss, with parents woke up to some of this really unacceptable curriculum and content that's being taught in our schools? And House Republicans will pass a Parents Bill of Rights when it comes to our education. And certainly, as a new mom, I I am paying very close attention to the content uh, and to you know my son's future educational opportunity and and what exactly information right. he is absorbing. It's important to return to American exceptionalism.
4: And, and by the way, it's not white supremacy. But we, I learned about slavery, the evils of it. I learned about uh, segregation. I learned about the civil rights. Pro- we learned it all. And it's a, it's a constant uh, situation of growth. We gradually became this, this superpower, constantly being our worst critic to fix our society. But the rest of the world was having slaves. The rest of the world was full of inequality. And I think that if you're African-American now, you should also know we don't win a war without the African-American community from the revolution to World War II. Everybody knows the role that minorities play in our, our armed forces today, but we keep on hammering them to say you're different, you're being abused, the country doesn't respect you, and then if that, that just does nothing but fuels division in our nation. It doesn't bring us together. I've never seen anything like it. So I don't think well, the we- – go ahead.
1: We need to be unifying Americans. We are all Americans standing up for freedom, standing up for the Constitution. And, of course, we are, it's important to teach our nation's history. And as Republicans, as I said, we are proud to be the, the party of Lincoln. We are proud uh, of our long, long legacy when it comes to standing up for human freedom, standing up for the Constitution. And uh, that's not what's happening with the content you just played, which is seeking to sow division.
4: All right. So let's talk about what the president's going to. Bring up tonight i'm sure education won't be in it i'm sure he's going to take a bow in the economy but i'm looking at the polls at least cbs nbc and fox have them in the mid to high 30s in terms of economic approval wouldn't he be crazy to craft a speech that tells everyone differently
1: Uh, Certainly. But I think that's what we're going to hear, Brian. They're going to double down and try to take a victory lap. But the reality is it's so disconnected from hardworking Americans. People are suffering under continued rising costs. We have the highest rate of inflation in over 40 years. They continue to suffer in my district in upstate New York. Home heating bills are out of control this year. When you compare them to last year, it's unaffordable. Utility bills are up. uh, And and small businesses can't find workers to work because there are incentives for folks to stay out of work rather than reentering the work. Force. So the people across this country understand that. And, you know, what also we're not going to hear from Joe Biden is he's going to double down on this unsustainable national debt that Democrats racked up so quickly in two years, over $31 trillion that's saddling future generations. We need to have an honest conversation, which is why House Republicans are working so hard to negotiate, to stand up for fiscal responsibility, bringing our budget back to balance. And we're not going to hear that from Joe Biden tonight. I had hoped we would, but they're going to double down on this failed approach.
4: So, uh, look, tonight I'm sure the president will say that balloon came across and we blew it up and the people are going to stand up and cheer. But as we look at this and we have try to find out why they keep bringing up that Donald Trump ignored it and had this things happen, his Trump administration had it happen during his time, then they had to walk it back. The latest is... The general in charge said we were unequipped at that time to handle balloons coming into our perimeter. But now we are. Really? You're a member of the Armed Services Committee. Are we ill-equipped to stop a balloon?
1: Well, certainly we are demanding briefings for the Armed Services Committee and the House Intelligence Committee and House Republicans are demanding a Congress-wide briefing because there are more questions than answers. Every day when the Biden administration is changing their answer uh, to this real national security crisis, uh, there are more questions that we need to ask. I will tell you, Joe Biden, I believe, mishandled this. Uh, it is an abysmal failure to allow the Communist Chinese spy balloon fly over the United States, multiple military operations, and then declare a victory lap after it's already you know, flown over our sovereign airspace, as I said, probably and potentially collecting intel. I haven't gotten the briefing yet, so I will wait for that. Uh, But every American is concerned, and what also concerns every American is there was no intention for this administration to address this had it not been raised by an everyday American who got images of it over Montana. The governor of Montana, former colleague of mine, Greg Gianforte, he was not even informed by this White House, by the Biden White House, until it had been miles into Montana airspace.
4: So that's got to be discouraging uh, you know what? Also, when you talk about the border, the, we might as well be a border state here in New York. About the way this is issue, this issue is raging. Uh, there's 42,000 people here, at minimum. Uh, some bust, some just showed up. We have no place to put them. The, we have this Brooklyn terminal nobody wants to go to. Now we're starting to bust people on New York taxpayer dollars into Canada. What what's going to be the resolve here? Because now New York City wants New York York State, wants New York City to write a $500 million check, and New York City says we're broke. How bad is it here?
1: It's a crisis, and House Republicans have been hammering away at this crisis, and we have the most secure border in modern history not that long ago under President Trump, and look how quickly this unraveled. This is a direct result of the policies and executive actions of Joe Biden, and every state is a border state, Brian. It it has been. Uh, If you look at the fentanyl overdoses across America, they continue to skyrocket. The vast majority of that is pouring across our southern border. We we also are fundamentally a country based upon the rule of law, and that's clearly not the case uh, with how Biden has mishandled uh, this border catastrophe. And you talk about every part of New York State being a border state. That bus from New York City going up to Canada, that goes right through my district up the north way, and it's paid for by the taxpayers. Hardworking families should not be footing the bill. We need to secure the border. House Republicans will bring a border security package to the floor. It's one of our commitments to America. And we need to fix our legal immigration system. We should not be incentivizing illegals to continue to pour into this country.
4: i got to get two more issues in. We're talking to Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of New York, a member of the leadership. And she's, of course, going to be in attendance with State of the Union tonight, which we're going to be covering here on Fox. So let's talk about the next balloon. There's a balloon right now heading our direction from Central America Don't you believe you need to be briefed on this? And is there anything short of blowing it up that you'd accept?
1: Uh, Well, certainly we need to be briefed on this. And uh, again, we are anticipating that briefing. We are demanding those briefings. And it's not time for excuses. We need to hear specifically what the plan is to protect our sovereign airspace and to make sure that no intelligence is collected by the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, Brian, it was House Republicans that set up the Select China Committee. And we did actually get 100 Democrats who voted with us to set that up. It's sad that, you know, a lot of Democrats voted to oppose that. But this is our greatest adversary when we're considering what my generation is going to face in the 21st century So uh, I will tell you China is testing this president And this president has failed He is asserting weakness on the global stage And again, we would hope to see strength And we're just not seeing that
4: Alright, uh, this, uh, this political weaponization committee uh, Your chairwoman uh, Congresswoman Stefanik On this uh, And I think Jim Jordan is doing this Is he uh, chairing it as well?
1: Well, I'm the chair of the conference. I'm a member on that committee. Jim Jordan is leading the the political weaponization, but I'm a member appointed to it. And this is some of the most important work that House Republicans will conduct because these agencies are going after innocent Americans just because they're conservative beliefs, because they happen to be Republicans. Look at the double standard. If your last name happens to be Clinton or Biden, crimes get brushed under the rug. And hardworking Americans know that. We need to address and root out this rot that has happened in these federal agencies And expose this. Transparency and sunlight is a good thing for every American, no matter what your partisan affiliation is. And this needs to be addressed.
4: It would be. And what can we expect? Because it's such a general term. But I think you're going to be leaning towards seeing the FBI, finding out what's going on with the FBI. And how many whistleblowers do you understand have come forward to say they're willing to testify?
1: Multiple whistleblowers have come forward. We are in the process of taking depositions uh, on a weekly basis, and that is led by Jim Jordan and the uh, team on the select subcommittee. I'm particularly focused on the politicization of the FBI and DOJ, whether it's targeting of parents. And of course, we now know, based upon my oversight work, that it was the White House that solicited the letter from the National School Boards Association that it used to justify tagging these parents as domestic terrorists and then targeting them. I also have local issues. There was a very deadly vehicular crash in upstate New York uh, that killed 20 people. And the owner of the vehicle company was a longtime FBI informant. The FBI has tried to brush their culpability under the rug. Uh, it was my questions of Chris Ray in an open hearing that forced them to open an investigation. I'm going to require that to be turned over to Congress. If they're not going to do it voluntarily by the FBI, we will subpoena them. And there there is a lot more that we need to go after. Or also the uh, soft handling of Hunter Biden's crimes, the fact that the FBI has refused to, you know, has treated Hunter Biden with kid gloves. That is politicization, let alone the Twitter files. The fact that the FBI paid Twitter $3 million to suppress a news story that the American people should have been able to have access to in this free country. That's a form of election meddling, Brian. It's very serious.
4: I hear you. Uh, Congresswoman Stefanik, will look for you tonight in the audience. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks so much. When we come back, We'll be able to take your calls and find out if there's even more to know. Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move.
3: It's Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
4: All right, guys, uh, welcome back. i will try to get some calls, but let's find out right now if there's something we need to know.
3: More to know. Sponsored by Unplugged. Reclaim your privacy from big tech snooping with Unplugged. Visit Unplugged.com.
4: It's been nine seconds before we since we talked about Tom Brady, so let's do it. Finally, what's his plans? He's going to join Fox. Just not next year, he joined Colin Coward on his radio show. Listen.
10: It's a daily fight, you know, you wake up every day just like you do and I have appreciation for so many people that are so committed every day to showing up to put their max effort into their life and their career and I think for me I want to be great at what I do and even, you know, talking even last week with the people at Fox Sports, you know, and and the leadership there allowing me to start, you know, my Fox opportunity in in the fall of 2024 is something that's great for me, so take some time to really learn,
3: become great at what I want to do.
4: And he signed a 10-year, $375 million contract, and he wants to learn how to be an analyst. I think he could be at the desk, but word is he'll work, walk right into the number one spot. But the critics come out. Look at Tony Romo, got zillions of dollars, and now they're saying he's, he's not working hard. They had to have an intervention to say you've got to start putting the effort in. Now, I don't think Brady will ever have effort. But I remember uh, it's a brand new thing. You could see the game, but how, how quick can you get that out? Can you get out your analysis in 17 seconds before the next play starts and know how to offense? Can you instantly analyze and memorize an open in the beginning of a game? So when the play-by-play guy tossed to you and say, well, what can you expect in the Panthers-Steelers, you could say, not want to say 20 things at once. So I think for him to recognize that is unbelievable and shows so much respect for the business, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and also allowing him to, uh, I guess, you know, work with his family, you know, see his kids, get a let year him, off, right? Let let him decompress, and then get the year right. off, so he's not rushing into this. He's still going to be making his three hundred seventy-five million dollars just a year you know, in another year.
4: Yeah, just do what Eric did: backpack across Europe and take a year or two off. Right, Eric? Only took me three months, but yes. Okay. Yellowstone could wrap up at the end of the season. Costner, Kevin has asked Paramount executives to let him spend only one week filming the second half of the fifth season as he works in his real passion project. Uh, I don't know what that is, uh, but he recently won a Golden Globe for his performance as John Dutton. Unnamed source familiar with the negotiations said the network executives have declined his offer and are instead moving forward with a new spin-off series starring Matthew McConaughey. So he's moved on, I guess. Horizon, who, co-wrote with, who he co-wrote with John Baird, has picked up on Warner brothers' pictures in New Line Cinema. So it looks like he's going to get out of this. Sorts of familiar with the negotiations say Castro's already limited himself to 65 days of shooting on Yellowstone, but the second half of the fifth season, Sorts of told Deadline, Castro only wanted to spend a week. So he's bored with it.
0: Yeah, not only bored, he's, he wants to work on uh, directing another movie as first in over a decade. But yeah. it's also frustrating his co-stars because they need time to work with their star. They have to re-alter the schedule to accommodate but his long shooting. You're always so worried shooting. about
4: celebrities. You're, you're too worried about celebrities. No. It's it's, all it's, 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 like
0: it's, if I'm looking at it from the work uh, oh. aspect of it. If they need to rearrange their schedules because he has to only work one week, it changes everything. You, you're, well, imagine if they lines, lines. could work,
4: yeah, but yeah. they could work one week.
0: Yeah, but then all of a sudden they could also be losing their show, right. too, since it's going to go away and you're losing a your job.
4: Right. Um, let's see. Remember in Happy Days, Fonzie still made appearances on Johnny Loves Chachi.
0: Yes, which was a tremendous, tremendous uh, top hit. Right. At least for you, it was, personally.
4: Right. How long did that last? Uh, Barely a season. Didn't think so. NASCAR driver Kyle Busch detained in Mexico after gun found in his luggage. Uh, He shared the story via Twitter that he and his wife, Samantha, were in Mexico when he was stopped as they tried to head back to the U.S. Quote, when departing the country, my handgun was flagged. I have a valid concealed carry permit from my local authority and here to call out handguns, but I made a mistake. I'm glad it's good to be Kyle Bush. Anybody else, we'd all be in prison. Be locked up, yep. Absolutely. Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening. Keep in mind, this show's going to be traveling to the Super Bowl. We'll be there Friday and Monday, and have all the wrap-ups and all the insight. And we'll be back, of course, next time.